Welcome to Scanner School, session number 27. Today we have an interview with Michael Mann. Michael is really, really big into military aviation monitoring. And before we jump right into the interview, I want to play a little bit of something that Michael's posted on his Facebook page. And we'll link it to his page a little bit later in the uh, session. But right now, before we start anything, let's take a listen to what Mike's recorded and what he hears on a day-to-day -day basis right here on Scanner School. Sorry, turn in fights on. 45, Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. Let me tell you, that is cool stuff. If I lived over or near a uh, training facility, I think I'd be listening to that stuff daily as well. Welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger. My amateur radio call sign is W2LIE, and this podcast is is here to teach you everything that you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, let me say thank you and welcome and thanks for joining us. For those of you who have been uh, past supporters of the podcast, I want to say welcome back. This will wrap up our aviation series that we've been running kind of off and on for the last couple of weeks. I know we took a two-week break to talk about the unit in SDS-100 and also Amateur Radio Field Day, which as I am touching up this podcast, uh, will begin in about 20 minutes. So I'm looking forward to uh, tuning up the HF rig in a little bit and uh, giving that a listen. But uh, if you're interested in listening to what Field Day is or was about, why don't you check out scannerschool.com slash session 26. So we have a couple of uh, links that we're going to talk about in the session here. All of the links that we talk about are in our show notes, and our show notes are at scannerschool.com slash session 27. So I'm not going to ramble on any further. We're going to jump right into the interview with Michael Mann. Michael, thank you so much for joining us on very short notice on the podcast uh, today. Thank you for being here. Yeah, definitely. Nice to meet new people. It certainly is. And you're, you're also, too, you're a brand new member of our Facebook community. So I want to thank you very much for, uh, for being a member over there. So um, just tell us a little bit about um, you're into military air monitoring. What, uh, what is mil-air monitoring? Uh, just monitoring the UHF uh, communications between the aircraft during their training exercises in the military training airspace out here where I'm at. Okay. So basically what it is. All right. And uh, tell us about yourself. Where where are you at and, and what do you uh, what do you use for scanning? I uh, am in Arizona. I use uh, two different uh, base station radios, a Radio Shack Pro two ninety six and a Unit N five thirty six HP digital scanner. And I do a lot of volunteer work with the Forest Service and so when we're out there we always see these military just screaming overhead and that's why I got into when and listened to them. Excellent. So you live pretty close to a military base then? Actually, the nearest one's Nellis, and the next one is Luke up in uh, by Phoenix. Okay. So, yeah. but, but you're in their play yard then, I guess. Yeah, we're right in the middle of the play yard. They come over every day. 
Excellent. So I guess that's that's definitely a reason to get into military mill air monitoring. That's that's really cool. So yes, it is. So again, you were saying that that's how you got started in it by just basically you know, it was something that was going on that you were exposed to daily, and you figured out a way to monitor and and, and hear what's going on. So yep. um, what kind of things do you typically hear when you're listening to mill air? Dogfights, mostly dogfights, aerial tanking, uh, occasional emergencies. Uh, we actually just recently had a F-16 uh, lose his engine overhead, and he attempted to do an emergency landing at the local airport, which ended really badly for the aircraft. Uh, the uh, pilot himself ejected safely, which was a very nice thing to hear. At least he got out okay. Okay, and you were able to listen to that as it happened? Yeah. I actually was picking up on my Project 25 on the unit end, step-by-step uh, step from the, the moment the fire dispatch got the call to the moment the pilot ejected as he uh, wasn't able to stop his aircraft from the runway. Wow. That is crazy. That yeah. that's, uh, definitely puts you in the cockpit with, with the pilots you know, yep. at the same time. So you were saying it was P-25. So let's let's back up a little bit with uh, mill air monitoring. Mill air monitoring is, is typically done. And UHF. And, yeah. Right. So explain exactly where it is that, that you're monitoring uh, the band. Well, it's just the standard UHF frequencies, which I got right here. Let me bring it up real quick so I can uh, give you an idea of the frequencies that we're talking about. And so like for one of the frequencies in UHF, we pick up a lot of input is 317.7500 is one of the main frequencies we got out here. Um, so we're constantly picking up tanking and, you know, we got dog at, at Baghdad uh, military training, which is only 40 miles from here. So you can imagine how quick it gets going. Right, and that's that's the beauty too about you know we talked about in previous scan school podcasts is when it comes to aviation monitoring you don't have to be right on top of them it's not really so much physical line of sight it's RF line of sight so you could with the right setup you could listen a hundred miles out you know with with the uh, with what's going on so they don't need to be exactly screaming overhead you know, to uh, to be picking them up um, so. You you were saying it's it's all AM too, right? A, uh, AM yep. modulation, perfect. It is, and but, it's real easy to do. Right, but the real catch here though is you have to have a scanner that picks up that that three eighty to whatever the bit the I don't have off the top of my head right now, but uh, the split. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, and again, we'll put the we'll put the correct split post post uh post uh podcast. Um. So if somebody wants to get into mill air for the very first time, what uh, what does one need to pick up in order to start listening? Well, the newer scanners are pretty good for that, like the unit in five thirty six, which is the was the uh, base model for unit in. But you can always pick up a an older Radio Shack Pro two ninety six, which is great for the same thing, and it's way more sensitive, so you're able to really really ring in the frequencies that you're listening for and right, so uh key point here it doesn't take a five dollar scanner to get into miller monitoring no it doesn't you can go on ebay and pick up one of these radio checks for 150 dollars and be good to go right right and um 
I mean, I know a lot of people, they, they hold on to the, the older scanners when, you know, it's, it's a good way to recycle your radio, too. If, if you have a system that went P25, went encrypted, went something that the old scanner won't pick up, if your scanner picks up mill air, like the old, even the old 780s, was that a 20-year-old radio at this point, you know, 780 XLT or, um, you know, something along that line, makes a very good mill air monitoring scanner it as does. well. Yes, it sure does. My uh, 996 sort of does it. It's not you know, capable of doing what these other radios are, but it does pick up a lot of interesting stuff aviation-wise. So what's the difference between what the 996 does and what your other radios do that, that don't make it work so well? Well, the older unit N has, uh, I call them birdies, where you'd be listening to the radio and you hear like an insanely loud, like a high-pitched noise come from it because it's having trouble monitoring some of the aviation frequencies where... There's other ones don't do that. You can it's like you're sitting in the cockpit with the pilot while he's talking. It's perfectly clear. Okay, so it's more it's got a little bit more interference on the AM than. Uh, yeah. Okay, perfect. That's that's good to uh, good to know. So if somebody is looking first time, they 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 pick the radio up from eBay or they they dust off an old one. Uh, what kind of tips would you have for somebody who just took the radio out of the box and is now looking to get into mill air monitoring? Where should they begin? Well, um, just I I started by googling and finding out what kind of antennas I was going to need and uh, things of that sort. So I would say just you know get on Google, jump on there, and search around a little bit to find out what the training areas are and look at um, Sky Vector because they have a lot of the frequencies written down, so you don't have to do too much to find it most of the time. But go to Radio Reference and find what frequencies are out there and you can even do close call searches because that's a good way of getting you know getting good good channels or listen to the aircraft control band and then they will be assigning frequencies to the military aircraft that's the one way to find them yeah close call in a situation like this kind of earns its earns its keep in a scanner i guess you could say um not one of my favorite things to have on all the time, close call, but certainly in a situation like this, that if, if you don't know what's out there. And and again, um, I've used close call exactly for this. We have the Marines, they come in for Fleet Week uh, every year around Memorial Day weekend, and they do their demonstration exercises at uh, this Eisenhower Park, which is about 20 minutes away from here. And they rope off one of the fields, and, and they, you know a bunch of the helicopters come flying in. The, I think they had the Osprey one year, and they do a whole tactical uh, demonstration for for everybody, and they do broadcast it on the PA system so everybody can hear them come in. It's really cool to actually hear them, you know, go through their whole uh, rundown. But the close call picks up on it immediately on the scanner, and unfortunately, like every year the frequency changes, so it's not something that you can put in ahead of time. But uh, just having the close call and and having it beep in and then hearing it as it's coming over to the PA speaker and just knowing that you know they're up there. That, uh, that, again, close call is one of those things that really helps out when you want to do mill air monitoring. It does, though occasionally you have to, when you're doing it for the first time, I mean, you gotta, you got to figure out what you want to search for because if you just turn the close call and you're going to get everything from kids playing walkie-talkies to uh, your local radio station just blabbing away. And it's kind of hard to, to filter it out sometimes because it's so common that you pick up stuff you don't want to hear. 
Right, exactly. So it, it's a little bit of prep work just to understand what bands you want to turn on, basically, is what we're talking about here. You can, you can turn the bands off and on in the close call. So it's a little bit different than doing a, a search. But that's the other thing, too. Like, if you don't have close call, right, you could do a, a search uh, on the band. But I wouldn't recommend that either because typically, though, how long is a mill air conversation? How long does a typical microphone stay keyed? Well, um, I've been getting them about... 10 minutes sometimes on the well, some of the stuff I'm been capturing. Well, let me see here. I got some from yet a couple of days ago. The longest one I got on uh, here from a few days ago when they were out here exercising was about nine minutes on some of them. Okay, but it's not a constant carrier though. It's the, it's AM, right? So as they're talking, there's, there's a carrier and then the frequency drops between between no. speaking or is it something different out by you? It's constant. It's nonstop. I mean, oh, okay. You can, you can be sitting here listening to constant radio traffic. The longest one out of all the ones I have here on my computer is 33 minutes, and that was a pure 100% dog bite. Wow. Over about between NATO and the U.S. Air Force guys, you can hear the French pilots and the Canadians talking, and you know them calling aircraft types, and tankers are talking, and. AWACS is responding. It's pretty intense. That is cool. That is that is, is really cool to be able to do. So, um, I mean, because I, I was only asking that question because I know when I listen to Millet over here, it's, it's a little bit different because we don't have, I mean, we have overhead flight routes and, and we have a couple of, of uh, bases, but it's nothing compared to where you are. You know, it's usually an event. You know, somebody's going to come through and they're going to fly up and down the Hudson, uh, scream over a stadium, uh, Fleet Week, you know, those kinds of things, uh, the air show when it comes in and those transmissions are very short. It's basically long enough to have the sentence and then, um, and then you don't hear anything else after, after that. So that's why I was asking you if, if you had any difference or any luck between using close call or using search. So it sounds like where you are though, um, search mode would work just as well as, as using close call sometimes. Yep. As long as you have it, um, trimmed to whatever make sure you don't pick up all the NOAA weather radio and all that stuff you just need to get it in the the ballpark as close as you can then and once they you pick them up and you know what frequency the band they're going to be using you just write it down a piece of paper and modify what you're doing okay and so then, most of the stuff you said though was was UHF but not VHF uh it's just UHF okay. and then they occasionally switch to the VHF frequencies when they're talking to center or you know intercepting someone that flies into their training airspace, which just gets kind of interesting. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure that's, yeah. that's, that's good too. I'm, I'm sure the, the other pilot on the other end isn't exactly um, uh, very calm when he comes back when there's an F-16 on his tail, right? Oh, we had a, uh, a Learjet two days ago fly into the um, training exercise and he was not responding. And so they decided to try to him on the VHF and, to a point that uh, they had four uh, F-18s decide to uh, play with them a little bit until they started talking to him, and that got his attention real quick. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure it would. That's that's cool that you can listen to all that out by you. I mean, it's, it's definitely a different world between you know wh where you are and where I am as far as what you're able to listen to, and it's really cool that uh, that you have something like that to to monitor. So what is your basic setup that you have at home right now that you're listening with? You said you have a, a Pro 2096, and you have a unit in um, BC um, 536HP. Uh, yes. What's the rest of your setup like? 
Uh, that's basically what it is. I just have my roof antennas, which are quite old. I don't remember what they are, but uh, the range on them is at least 200 miles. I can actually be sitting here at my my office. I'm picking up guys at uh, 29 Palms, talking to the uh, ATC as they come into the military training exercise areas. So, yeah, it's got pretty good range. Excellent. And you just run a line out into a recorder, into your computer, and that's how you yeah. log in all the transmissions? Yeah, I actually have a... Uh, on my older radio, I have a uh, audio cable going to the mic input with a voice-activated recorder. I don't know, can't think of the name right now, but it, what it does is you can only tell it to record when the, someone's talking, so you don't get, you know, a really long empty space audio file. Though uh, the 536 has got a built-in recorder, which is very handy to have because it doesn't require really have a computer to tell it to record. You just hit the function button, hit replay, and ask, see, you want to start recording? Hit yes. Excellent. That, that certainly does make things a whole lot easier as well. You were saying you could find some frequencies online. You gave uh, Sky Vector as another one. Do you have um, any other resources that if somebody is scanning or if somebody is in an area and they're brand new to Mill Air, where would somebody can go to and get a list of frequencies that um, you'd recommend they'd start out with? Well, I have one saved but i'm not sure where the link is right now i do recommend going to the facebook group for the military air and space communications they have a, a large amount of people in there that are very helpful for that kind of thing and they have a lot of good stuff on there talking about channels and stuff excellent we'll link to that in the show notes of uh of the podcast as well this way uh we'll link in there on the website so listen to whatever session i don't know what session number this podcast is while we're recording it but We'll put that in on, on uh, post as well. Uh, what about uh, besides Facebook? Are there any other magazines or um, any other groups that you would recommend? Mm, as far as I know, there's that's the only one I use because okay. uh, most of the stuff I just stumble across just by listening to the aircraft control talking to the military jets. Excellent, and that's like one of the best things too about about scanning too is is you've really put the original part of the hobby back into it um, instead of going to an, on a, on a website and just putting information from a web page or a magazine or, or a forum into your scanner and being locked into, you know, what's been published, you're, you're doing what the hobby was, is, is great at, right? You're finding something new out on your own. You're, you're using the tools that are in front of you to do so. And, uh, I, I can feel like the excitement that, you know, when you find something new or when, when close call hits or you're doing a quick search and you're finding something and, and you realize what's going on to it. I mean, it's, really nice to not only get that information and, and share it with other people and get what other people have shared to you, but to really find out something brand new on your own and, and, and figure out who it is and, and who's talking and where they're coming from. And then, you know, being able to do the homework and then, you know, having that information in front of you and, and adding that now into your, your collection is um, really one of the cool things about, about scanning. That I, I kind of feel it's starting to become a lost art. So it's glad you know, I'm happy to hear that you're, uh, you're still able to do that. Yeah, I agree. I'm not too fond of those websites that just broadcast everything to everyone. So that, you know, what's that? What's why you have the when you when you get into scanning and you find some like one of those you know, audio broadcasting places that takes the fun out of it. You know, it's like no one ever you know that makes everyone else want to buy them, so the prices go through the roof. Yep. Type thing. Exactly. So. You've talked about a couple of conversations that you've heard over the air. You know the F-18 pilots that uh, that shook down a Learjet. Uh, you you talked about 
uh, one of the pilots that ejected safely, thankfully. Yep. And, uh, you know, you, you listen to the whole thing from, from start to finish. Do you have any other good stories or something like that, that, that something that sticks in your mind, something that excited you that you've heard while listening to, uh, to Mill Air? Yeah, actually, there was a pretty entertaining one. I was down in, we have a place in Mexico that we go down during the summertime because it's so hot where I'm at. And I have a uh, very good multi-band uh, antenna that I've hooked up and so I can listen to the guys up in San Diego. I picked up a uh, um, Coast Guard aircraft ghosting a drug boat, actually. And they called in the, the military Hercules, the the um, to follow it. And apparently the C-130 had uh, all kinds of the thermal vision on it and you can hear them describing the boat you hear him describing how many people are on the boat and where it was going and it was quite interesting very very cool it's, it's something i gotta try out here being on long islands it's a little bit outside of the uh i guess the, the drug area but if you were down in miami or something like that i'm sure you'd hear a lot of activity like that as well uh coming in you would you would and plus if you're anywhere near a navy base or a marine base that's pretty interesting because uh um you hear some stuff that you probably would scratch your head thinking what are they, these guys talking about but when you listen to it long enough you realize that the instructor is what he's doing is trying to teach the guy how to either use a radar or, or telling him how to work stuff like uh i picked up a transmission that was quite interesting uh, a few days ago where they were trying to teach a student how to operate the radar and locking system on an F-18 and telling him that he's pulling out too soon in the turn or he was too slow at reacting. And, you know, so it gets kind of interesting. Very, very cool. So it sounds like there's always something new to listen to when, when it comes to mill air. And uh, it uh, sounds almost as be better than watching TV at times. <laughs> it is. It's so much more fun. Excellent. And, uh, you hear just the most craziest things ever. So, I mean, and there's routine stuff you hear too, I, I would assume, like just refueling and stuff like that that, you, that you're able to monitor? Definitely. And We're, let's say, what, what kind of stuff do you listen, like what kind of stuff do you hear when, when it's a refueling? Do you hear them line up the planes or, or, or what kind of stuff do you, does that bring in? Well, when they're coming in the tank, you actually hear the individual aircrafts talk, calling their call signs off or their actual bureau numbers, as you know, that they have uh, fonted on the side of the aircraft. So they, the lead aircraft says we're a flight of four, and then the tanker says, what's your guys' numbers? And they in, they go call the individual aircraft bureau numbers off the tanker, and then they get give them permission to, to start hooking up one after another. And sometimes it's kind of hard to hear the uh, European pilots when they have to do that because they uh, talk so quick. So you know it's kind of it's kind of fun really cool so what else what other types of things are you listening to when it comes to mill air uh well we've heard them um, a couple of times they had uh actual aircraft hitting birds and hitting uh different things like someone had something i think it was fall off another jet in front of them and strike the guy behind them and so he had to go back to uh camp pendleton or back to 29 palms whichever airfield was closest to him Okay, so it it definitely sounds like there's more than enough. 
out there to listen to. You just got to find it more or less. So, yep. but, but like you said, you also have a list of go-to frequencies in your scanner that, that typically are the busiest for your area. Um, what kind of frequencies are those? It's it like um, you said, NORAD and, and um, a refueling frequency. Like what kind of stuff are, do you find that never really change and, and stay current on, on, a, on a particular frequency? Well, the frequencies actually don't ever really change out here. They're always the same. Um, occasionally, I'll hear them announce a new frequency. I'll just grab my scratch paper and write it down and see what comes up on that frequency they're talking about. You'll you hear uh, you'll hear stuff you wouldn't expect. I heard tanks talk on the radio the other day. A platoon of M1 Abrams out in the middle of the California desert during a big training exercise. Very very cool. So. Uh... Sounds like I'm going to, need to do some more mill air monitoring myself. <laughs> so. Yeah, I've got a nationwide frequency, so I'll be glad to share with you guys on the group if you would like a copy of it. Excellent. Yeah, that, that'd be a great idea. So I think what we'll do is, uh, if you don't mind posting it on the Facebook group, and if anybody's interested in seeing that list of frequencies, all you got to do is go to scannerschool.com slash Facebook group, and uh, we will pin that post for a while, and we'll also pin that post... Um, we'll link directly to it in the show notes too for uh, for this podcast as well as so where you can jump right to if you want to go to scannerschool.com and uh, look for this the show notes for this session. So, Michael, you've been doing this how many years? You've been monitoring Miller. Well, um, it's hard to remember. It's been a long time. <laughs> so you have a lot. Basically, you've got a lot of recordings on your computer yes. and and in the scanner. What do you what do you typically do with them? Do you keep them for yourself or do you share them? I share them, actually. I've been posting them on my uh, little page I have on Facebook. I was posting them on YouTube, but there's a there's one person that really is getting my nerves. He stole my audio clip from the F-16 accident and failed to give credit. And, you know, how that works is never fun. So most of my stuff's on my Facebook now. Okay. Yeah, it, it seems to be one of those things that once the audio is out there, people believe that it's fair game and... Um, I, I think it's just it's par for the course. Unfortunately, you know, people yep. are just not going to respect that this is something you captured and you posted, and you know, they they just say, "Hey, nobody's going to come after me anyway." Or if they are, then it's. But I, I, that's don't let one person ruin it for you, though. I mean, it's yep. it's going to happen, and and truthfully, between me and you, and and uh, um, been it for it, it takes one person to really foul everything up for you, but don't forget that for every one person that fouls it up, there might be a hundred or two hundred or a thousand people who are silent that um, really love what you're doing. And uh, it could take a thousand people to say, hey, great job, but it takes that one person to say, you know, don't do it, you stink. <laughs> and that's the only person <laughs> here. So, yeah. um, I mean, my, my thought to you is, uh, you know, di- digest a little bit what that would happen with that one, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold it back from you sharing, you know, what you like and, and everything else. And, if it bothers you that much too, you can even put a, um, you know, a, a subtone in there or, or something in, in the audio that's really low that just repeats over and over again, you know, copyright material found on, you know, your YouTube page. So that, that might yeah. be a way around it too. But what is, where, where can we find you on YouTube for us and the other videos that you had? Well, um, moved all of that to my Facebook page, which is Mike Scanner Hobby. I uh, actually posted a link to it already on the, scanner school and you can listen to all kinds of good stuff that i pick up that i've shared okay so it's mike scanner hobby is the uh, facebook group and again page. We'll, page okay it's a page 
And uh, just a quick question. Why a page, not a group? Um, in a group, it's just it requires people to join the group to be able to view it if you have it as a closed thing and on a page. It's easier to control what gets posted. I don't need to get, you know, when you get a whole bunch of bots trying to join, it gets quite irritating quite quick. I'm a, I have run a couple of groups for different subjects, and we get flooded constantly by people that have nothing to do with the, what we're trying to get people into. Like, you try to put a thing up for uh, photography, aviation photography, and you get people that, clearly have nothing to do with aviation trying to join just to spam you out spam everybody out yeah i mean that's that's one of those unfortunate things as well but uh, i've had a lot more success with groups instead of pages that's just why i was asking about um you know about why you went with the page instead of the group i think that facebook likes to rank groups better than pages to be honest with you i have uh if i look at you know the scan of school page versus the scan of school group uh it seems like i could post the same thing in, in both locations and the group one gets a lot more activity than the page one. So the page one kind of yep. gets buried in there. So, um, you know, you can always open up that group too, to just to be completely open the same way a page would be. And people can just come in and, and, uh, and view the material. You can make the view, you know, make it public as well. So, but I think you're, uh, you're doing a, a great service by just what you've shared here already on, on the podcast and, uh, you know, what you were posting online for, uh, for YouTube and what you've been posting on, on the group as well for your own personal page. Um, it's nice to see that you're sharing the stuff that you're finding and, and just by doing that too, you're, you're doing the, the hobby, a great service because you're getting more people interested in, in doing this for themselves. And that's why I wanted you to have you on the podcast today to kind of explain your process and, and what's out there and, and, you know, give, give you a little bit more exposure and, and also the hobby of military aviation monitoring. I think it's a, it's a great part of the hobby that doesn't require anything too crazy, to get started, just a radio that that covers the middle air band, um, a halfway decent antenna, external antenna, right? And, definitely. Um, and uh, you're off to the races, so to speak. Yes, so. definitely a good external antenna. If, if you have anything else, it's going to be kind of hard to get anything worthwhile listening to. Exactly. So yes, you need a good antenna on your roof of your house and try to put it as high as possible and start having fun. Yep. Excellent. So uh, you have, uh, like I said, you have your Facebook page, uh, which we'll link to again in the show notes. Um, what was it? Michael's Scanner Hobby? Mike Scanner yes. Hobby? Yes. Okay. And then you have um, anything else that you want to plug before we go? No, that's good. I hope everyone that wants to learn how to do this jumps in, tries to get to learn how to do it. And I'm more than happy to uh, help out. If you need something, just let me know. Excellent. Excellent. So, uh, I want to thank you so much for spending the time today for, for teaching us about, you know, how to get involved with military aviation, what you can hear, some of the stuff you've heard. It sounds like, you know, there's, there's plenty of activity. Now, uh, one more question before you go, do you find that certain times of the day are the busiest for you or is it all the time? Um, actually in the mornings is slow, but as the day goes on, it gets more and more active though. Last couple of days has slowed down a little bit and believing it's just because you know the pilots finished or whatever they were training and they're gonna probably start up in a week or so again but normally we hear so much activity it's almost impossible to make his heads or tails what they're saying because okay. there's so much stuff going on 
Right. And again, you're in a little bit of a different world than I am. You know, I'm, I'm outside of a, of a training facility and, and you sounds like, you know, you live over one or under one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're right in the dead center um, of one of the biggest training areas in California and Arizona. I mean, you walk outside and you see a C-130 falling over and a KC-135 refueling them. So, yeah, it was pretty constant military activity. Excellent. Years and years and years ago, we had Grumman right here in Bethpage, Long Island, and we'd, we'd see the planes flying out overhead as they were doing test runs or whatever. It was like it was like clockwork. They would, they'd leave, they'd take off from the Grumman facility over here, and they'd, they'd fly out over the Atlantic, and they'd do a couple loops and come back in again. But that was way before I was involved with um, beyond scanning what I do now. You know, back back in those days, it was, let me hear the police and fire. You know, if, if Grumman yeah. was still on the island now and, and those things were flying overhead, yeah, yeah you bet I'd be. I'd be joining you and listening to them. <laughs> so. Yeah, I agree. I used to be only public safety stuff, but for being a uh, volunteering with the forest service and hearing that constantly every day for weeks and weeks and weeks, it gets kind of irritating. Yeah. And so, I mean, the first time I actually really wanted wish I had a radio that did UHF, I was driving through the California desert and an F 14 buzzed my truck and man, that was loud. <laughs> I bet you were as, as uh, surprised as that Learjet pilot. Yeah, it was interesting for sure. <laughs> Very good. All I remember seeing was a t- twin engine and the flames coming out the backside as I went by. <laughs> wow, that, that's insane. So, all right, Mike. Well, thank you very much for uh, for being a guest on today's podcast. I, I want to thank you for taking the time. And, and again, I want to I wanna thank you for um, for telling our, our audience exactly how easy it is to get involved with, with military air and uh, the stuff they can hear. And hopefully that uh, when other people get into this part of the hobby, if uh, they join the Facebook group, again, scannerschool.com slash Facebook group, tag, uh, tag Michael, let him know, thank him for uh, letting him introduce this part of the hobby to you and, and let us know what, what it is that you guys are hearing. So Michael, thank you very much for uh, being our guest today. You're welcome. And you have a great rest of your weekend. Yep. You too. Thanks. All right, Michael, thank you so much for your interview and being a part of the Scanner School community. If anybody wants to join the Scanner School community, you can do so very easily. We have a nice little community set up right now on Facebook, and you can join it at scannerschool.com slash Facebook group. And as usual, I'm very big into Twitter. And uh, if you have any questions for me or you're trying to get in touch with me, the best way and the fastest way to do so is via Twitter, scannerschool.com slash Twitter. And uh, also, I've been doing something new lately, so if you want to know a little bit more about what happens behind the scenes here and anything else that's going on with the Scanner School podcast, and I'm not posting, let's say, publicly, but uh, a little bit more into my private life over here. Well, not so private, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, a little bit something bonus for, for you guys. I set up an Instagram account. So if you go to scannerschool.com slash Instagram, that will take you over to my personal Instagram account. Uh, a little bit more of what's going on in my life and a little bit as to uh, what's going on behind the scenes here at the podcast with my personal business and that kind of stuff. So again, if you want to uh, you know, learn a bit more about me, that's an easy way to do so. So one of the things we failed to mention during the interview is the actual frequency that you need to know to monitor the mill air band. So the UHF mill air band that would be something that Mike will be scanning would be like the range from 225 megahertz all the way up to 380 megahertz. And you can uh, generally find us as a call out on the scanners. So there are many scanners out there today that uh, besides the Pro 2096 and the BCD 536 HP that Michael's using, that will cover this range. Just look at the spec sheet for your scanner or one that you're looking at and see if it calls out the mill air 
UHF band. And while you're at it too, it should also do the Mill Air VHF band. Again, I want to thank all of you who have supported the Scanner School podcast in one way or another. There's been a couple of you who have been supporting us via Patreon, and uh, those are Mike Beebe and Kenneth Fowler. Mark, Kenneth, thank you so much for being our Patreon supporters. If anybody else wants to help support us, you can do so several ways. Patreon is just one of them, but Patreon does give you some benefits for uh, for supporting us. If you go to scannerschool.com support, that's an easy way for you to find out ways that you can help support us. Uh, if you're an Amazon shopper, if you like to buy things off of eBay, or maybe you just want to do a one-time PayPal donation to help support the podcast and keep it going, that's a great way to do so. So another great way that you can support the Scanner School podcast is very simple. Just leave us a review on iTunes. It would help us out tremendously because it does help our rankings and does help other people find our podcast when we have higher rankings. So with that, I want to say thank you so much for supporting the Scanner School podcast where we teach you everything that you need to know about the scanner radio hobby next week we're going to start off another little mini series and i think you guys will find that very interesting we're going to talk about the entire receive path from the antenna to the back of your radio and everything that's in between there and how to configure it set it up plug it all in and uh, get you set up on a really really good receiving station so until then I want to remind you that the session notes for everything we've talked about are located online at scannerschool.com slash session 27. Michael, thank you so much for being a guest today. So if anybody wants to find out Michael's page again, we have it linked right in our show notes. So we'll talk to you all next week on the Scanner School podcast, where we teach you everything that you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. I'm Phil Lichtenberger, 73. Thanks for listening to the Scanner School podcast. Be sure to visit www.scannerschool.com to access the show notes and bonus content.